¡Bienvenidos a la cripta! Ay, ay, ay. Hola, cariño. Hola, amor. Y bienvenidos a Uy, qué horror, a Latinx Horror Movie Podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I'm Eileen. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How you doing over there in this I'm new, okay. fresh year? I c couldn't tell the difference because it, there was zero effort made to, like, celebrate i took a picture of myself in a fun outfit and that was it but also more importantly rest in peace betty white oh pobrecita. may she rest in peace you know i i she's definitely the character that i relate to the most on golden girls like i be arthur for me i i mean congratulations to you but i am a flighty <laughs> ditzy rose character full through like i watch the show and i'm like oh rose why am i you why am i you <laughs> uh anyway rest in peace betty white she's just she the greatest the best yeah yeah she's always been hilarious fucking that sense of humor that was born in her you can't teach that shit. oh my gosh she was natural firecracker yeah do yourself a solid and just google betty white interviews and look up her on conan look yeah. her up on every late night thing she is f and like yeah señora porque oh ya, my god ha sido señora for like three since the golden decades. girls yeah, yeah. <laughs> Entonces, she's just like uh it's a dream she's so fucking good it's the yeah. best i mean we could I mean, literally do an entire episode <laughs> talking about betty white but uh, we got shit to we got shit to talk about today yeah we got a brand new year brand new movie mm -hmm. uh we're going back to some friends of ours marcus yes. dutra and juliana hojas or rojas uh, I've never officially figured out if it was Hojas or Rojas, but either way. Either way. Both wrote and directed the film that we are talking about today, mm -hmm. which they also wrote and directed the film that we did before of theirs, which was the much-loved <sighs> and praised Boas Maneiras. Oh, so my God. Going back to Brazil, I believe this is their first long <laughs> I want to say largometraging because that's full the word length? I keep reading. Full yeah. length. This is their first full length film, and it's called Trabalhar Cansa. Hard well, labor. Way to nail your first full length feature film because uh, I really enjoyed myself with this one, which I, I was also, not surprised by. I also enjoyed myself, but I will say this. Mm -hmm. This one is one of those that you need to, that you got to have a little bit of a noodle to understand this. Absolutely. And you got to have a little, yes. She's smart. She's slow. This is a slow burn. Slow burn. Yeah. A lot of like workplace and like class mm -hmm. conversations, gender norms. There's a lot of, and it's not said out loud. This is all stuff that is permeating mm -hmm. throughout this film that you're just like, si yo no hubiera done research, like if I hadn't looked up stuff, I wouldn't have gotten it as much as I now feel I understand it. Oh, because, I'm interested to hear what you discovered. Very cool. Yeah, at the end I felt kind of dumb because I was like, I don't think I saw the correlation of this stuff with that stuff. Does that well, make sense? Absolutely. As I was watching the movie, it was the kind of movie we've been we've seen movies like this before where we're watching it and we're like, I know you're trying to tell me something. <laughs> 
I'm a little slow sometimes. What so is like the I'm subst- not, subtext? I'm not, yeah, please. like I'm not. I'm like I'm seeing it. I'm looking at the scene. I know you're trying to tell me something. I'm not quite comprehending, but but it is you a are. Justin Bieber. What does it mean? <laughs> what What do you mean? And like, but I in the back of my head, I'm always like, Marco and Juliana are so smart. So fucking smart. And the fact that they tie in fantasy and horror to tell these like moralistic tales. Mm-hmm. Harvard graduates. I mean, that's not where they went, but goddamn. <laughs> like yeah, Rhodes yeah, yeah. Scholars, whatever the hell yeah. that means. They're so smart. So, so smart. So yeah, so let's talk about Trabalhar Cansa, which it sure does. <laughs> oh, girl. Uh, trabalhar Cansa a lot. Uh, Let's get a little synopsis from you. Okay, great. So I got the synopsis from Google, literally how you know you like look in the movie and it's just like, boom, right there. Because the IMDb one was a paragraph. So let's keep it simple. (laughs) Sinister events plague a woman and her husband when they buy a grocery store. Lovely. That's it. Well, let's begin... It starts off with a like classic Brazilian movie with lots of like patrocinado by For all the sponsors. what feels like five minutes. Yeah, a good chunk of time. And one of the things that we see in the top is un certain regarde from Cannes. Oh. So we'll talk about that at the end of Fancy the episode. Pants. Yes. We see a woman standing in an empty grocery store. Now, let me just right off the bat. In Brazil, there are like big supermarkets, obvi, but most of the time you'll have little stores in each neighborhood that have like your basics. It would be like bolega style, but I think a little bit bigger because these places have like a small little butcher shop in the back and like produce and like it's a store that wouldn't be considered a supermarket. It wouldn't be considered a bodega. It would be whatever would be in the middle. A, s- a market with cut a the market. super? Yeah. Yeah. Un mercado. Yeah. So she's standing there, and this woman is Elena. I'm sorry. Elena. Girl. <laughs> gotta, my brain has to. I don't do know the if languages. I'll be able to make the switch. <laughs> But I hear we'll the see. I hear the I hear the shift in in how you're saying it though. <laughs> Elena in español, Elena in Portuguese. Yeah, no, okay. I hear it. I hear it. Elena is standing in this empty grocery store, like literally zero items, cobwebs everywhere. Yeah. But it's still shelves. There's still refrigerators and freezers and stuff like that. The lights are flickering. It's dark in the back. We see a woman with bright red hair walk in. This is Soraya. Now, Soraya, at first I was like, she's the real estate agent, but she comes back later. So I think she might be like a building manager or what do you think is her position, Soraya? Well, I also thought that because she is the one who facilitates this rental because basically yes. Elena is renting the, the, the mercado. Yeah, she's definitely the one that signs the paperwork, but also is like the in-between between the renter and the owner, yes. I think. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever that person is, whatever that job is that this Soraya. is what Soraya is yeah so Soraya smoking her cigarette walks in and she's like oh my god look at these high ceilings the walls are so como ma pedra she's she is selling this place she's like olha só menina olha aqui meu Deus do céu I love her I love her very sassy 
And they're walking around, you know, seeing all of it. And they find a section in the back of a wall that looks like it's been broken down and then re-bricked up. Nope. Something's going on there that looks Mm-mm. very out of place for the rest of the wall. So you're immediately you're like, what's behind that fucking bricked up what section? What the fuck is behind there? And, what is there? And you are not going to be able to contain whatever is in there. Nope. Uh, what them the bricks. fuck is that? Nuh-uh. Also, this store is already creepy as fuck. It's yeah. creepy in here. It's Creepville. That flickering, like, uh, mm-hmm. what are the long bulbs called? Like the fluorescent bulbs. The fluorescent, fluorescent lights. Long whatever it bulbs. is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's there's something about it. You're like, mm, algo, me algo gusta. no me gusta. Yeah, 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 yeah. Elena says she's concerned about how much work that the place needs, and Soraya's like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. You can just plaster over this thing. And by the way, you can keep all these commercial, big, humongous fridges and stuff like that. That'll that's for you. Do you want the till in the front, the cash register? That's for you too, girl. Take it. It's yours. Not good. And Not good. Because this is like the kind of thing where it's like basically like this might as well be um, like a haunted house. And they're like, yes, yeah. it's look how cheap it is. Like what all this shit? It's take it. Please just take it. Take it. And it's like, keep girl, why? it. Why, why, <laughs> yeah. why are you? Why? Like, yes. what's the deal here? And she says funny you say that she goes Uh the people that were here before they just up and left again (gasps) red flag red flag red flag as they're looking through everything elena pulls out a picture she's like holding it up right where the spot of the actual grocery store where it this picture was taken Mm -hmm. and there's a man standing by the shelves picking up maybe a bottle of wine and it's like they caught him off guard he's looking at the camera he's wearing a plaid shirt and jeans and like very serious looking and you're like who is this man what is he's not is this pleased to be getting his picture taken it gave me the creeps yeah and then when she pulls down the picture you see the contrast of like nothing being there cobwebs literally like a floating fucking shopping cart (laughs) in the middle of the air not in in the air (laughs) can you imagine that'd be hilarious (laughs) she'd be like "Uh, I think I'm good So now we're um, in an apartment, and Elena comes in with her kid. This is Van. Van <laughs> this is Vanessa, mm-hmm. and uh, her husband Otavio. Just gonna say here, Otavio is cute as very fuck. Very handsome. He's cute as fuck. Yes, he's very cute. <laughs> Otavio's already home. He's wearing his like business office clothing but like no tie open shirt and everyone's surprised that he's home hey you're early and they kiss hello Elena talks about this rental space and everything and she's picking up around the house and she's like oh my god I promise I'll get a maid this next week you know this is crazy and she's like it looks a little different from the pictures that we saw but if we put a coat of paint it'll be really nice and she's like hopeful and optimistic of this new place as she's picking everything up around her house she heads into the kitchen. We see Otavio again, and we see that his face is kind of sad. He's not, like, excited yeah. to see his family or anything. Something's Something up. is up. And then we hear quiet, and Elena comes back in with a cardboard box. And she says, okay, so what is this? And it's Avi, the you've been fired box. Like what the- a great way to show that this man has been fired. The box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see the box, and you're like, got it. Done. Mm-hmm. So it's later on, and Otavio's explaining to Elena what happened, how his boss was full of 
classic, amazing, great Brazilian phrasing here, papo furado. Papo furado literally means like a, a, a conversation with holes in it. Papo furado is kind of like, you're coming at me and you're just talking a bunch of bullshit. shit. Bullshit, sure. This is a bunch of bullshit, okay? Mm. So he's like, my boss came at me with a bunch of papo furado about how I'm great at my job, but times they are a-changing, like we need a more modern time with the job. So basically we're getting... We're getting that he's being aged out because yeah. he he explains that there's a younger dude that's taking his place, Flavinho, and Elena is pissed. She's like, Ooh. eu tô puta, which I, I hadn't heard in a really long time. love that. Tô puta. Yeah. And this scene, we're like, what, three to five minutes into this film? Yeah, yeah. This scene, I was like, oh, these two are really good. They're yeah. really fucking good. Elena yeah. is in tears. Like, yeah. she is so upset. I was just like, okay, we're in for it with these two because these are totally. good performers. Absolutely. She's like, eu tô puta. How can, some, how can a workplace get rid of somebody that's been working there for 10 fucking years and just spit them out to be replaced by a fucking shitty 12-year-old, it seems? It's fucked. It's fucked. And you can tell that maybe Otavio was like a higher up. That he wasn't just like a, you know, worker bee. He was like maybe in the ranks for being kind of in a good spot, right? Sure. And she's like, and this is horrible timing because I have all the paperwork for the grocery store. I was going to sign it and figure it out tomorrow. Like literally I was ready to go. And Otavio's like, it seems kind of crazy to commit to something like this right now. And Elena stops and she says, eu vou fazer isso dar certo. Deixa eu tentar. Mm. I'm going to make this work. Will you let me try? So she is like in it to win it. She's like, I'll take the reins. Like you've been the, the breadwinner. Let me I do, can it, do now. it. I can yeah. take care of us. These two have great chemistry. Totally. I love it. The next day they go to the store and they're cleaning it up and they're wiping down cobwebs and stuff, figuring out paint colors. It's a very sweet moment of their, of them in front of their like newly plastered, bricked up section the weird wall if we will mm -hmm. and they're like looking at paint swatches and they like kiss and make out it's i very love cute. this very so sexy. much that he's like he is they're into each other and i was yeah. like i believe this again the fucking chemistry between these two good stuff i love it and uh a little old man walks in like rolls up their fucking gate door excuse like me. excuse me can i help you <laughs> exactly he walks in with a huge ass stick this skinny <laughs> tiny old man i'm like what are you gonna do my guy he is adorable and so stern and he does not put down that stick Basically, Once. throughout like ma the majority of the conversation, until that he they leaves, have. he's <laughs> like, "Oh, now it's time," and he's calling out for Alfredo, who is mm. the owner of this building, the guy we saw at the very top, and he's like, "Who's there? Who's there?" And Elena and Otavio like pop out, and they're like, "Hi, uh, we just rented this place. Uh, are we cool, bro?" <laughs> and uh, the little man is like, "Oh, I thought it was burglars since it's been closed for so long." And uh, what what are you guys going to do? You're going to open a business here? Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, we're just basically going to do a grocery store like what it was before. And the old man, without changing the serious face that he says that he has, he looks at them like dead in the eye. And he's like, yeah, que maravilha. Like Dude, again, this feels 
ominous. Mm-hmm. You know, and he says, "I hope it all works out for you," Ooh. and in a way that it shows no hope at all. No, dude, no. <laughs> uh, what do like, you okay. know, little old man? What do you know? And these two look at them like just like that. Like, yeah. what do you know? Yeah. Like, what's? Why are you? It's why very are you so uncomfortable. Creepy? Yeah. So Otavio walks him out, and Elena and Otavio, as he comes back, are like, uh, whoa. And as Otavio's coming back from the front door of the store, he steps, and there's a crunch. (laughs) We cut to them sweeping and counting. Mm -hmm. What could it be that they are counting, you may ask? And it's dead cockroaches. Like piles. Piles of them. Uh, in Portuguese, the name for cockroaches, cucarachas, would be baratas, which is so funny because it also means something cheap? that's cheap. Yeah. So they're counting these baratas, and Otavio finds a live one. He chases it. He kills it. He sweeps it into the pile. Trinta e um. And we see our title card. Trabalhar cansa. So we see a woman, and she's walking down the streets of, I believe this is São Paulo. She's looking at a little piece of paper like she's looking for an address, and this is Paula. Now, this gave me memories of As Boas Maneiras, because if you remember, in the very beginning, we get our character going into a building looking for a job to be a maid, a live-in maid. Mm -hmm. And this is what's happening with Paula. Yeah, This scene of her just walking the streets of São Paulo looking for this building, I loved the sound design in the back because it's you hear like birds cawing and all this shit. And it gave me the idea that this sound design here was purposeful. It sounds almost like the jungle, but we're in the city. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I was like, Mm -hmm. hmm, I think these two smart cookies who directed this movie are trying to say something here with this sound design choice. Totally, absolutely. So now we see Paula in the apartment, which is a whole ass mess. Like she's leaning up against the kitchen counter and there's just like dishes everywhere. It's a disaster. And she's just standing there like waiting. It's awkward. The phone starts to ring and no one's answering it. And it's obvious that she's like, I don't work here yet. Should I get it? Should I answer it? (laughs) Which she does because it just doesn't stop ringing. And she takes, she goes, Aloha. I was like, my God, we say Aloha. (laughs) We are back in Brazil. (laughs) Aloha. Aloha. And uh, she takes the message from the phone and out from inside of the apartment, deeper in the apartment comes Vanessa. (gasps) Paula says hi, like, hello, little girl. And Vanessa barely even looks at her, walks straight into the kitchen. The side eye. Yeah, just damn and also this little girl has like an amelie haircut it's like bangs and like a bob and she like sits at the table she pours herself some fucking cereal and it's just like all these side eyes to poor paula and paula's like great now i'm gonna have to live with this fucking kid (laughs) elena comes out after vanessa and uh vanessa vanessa girl you tell you tell me it is (laughs) <laughs> Elena finally comes out after Vanessa and she's apologizing. She's like, I'm so sorry that I'm keeping you waiting, but you know, the pirua, which means the bus, is waiting for Vanessa. But Paula's like, here's this message from the phone that you didn't answer. I don't work here yet, but I did it because I'm nice. And mm-hmm. and Elena's like, oh my God, thank you so much. I wasn't even listening. Let me give you the tour to the apartment. So they go for this tour. She shows her, her little 
maid's quarters, like the little room that every apartment in Brazil has. It's basically storage right now. And Elena's like, listen, if you can make it your own, sorry for the mess, basically. And she shows her where like the, the products are, the detergents, the, the cleaning stuff. And she asks if she knows how to use the machine, like basic, like you're going to be working here cleaning the house. Mm-hmm. This is the stuff. And Paula interrupts her by saying, A senhora paga quanto? How much do you pay? And uh, this catches Elena kind of off guard. And she's like, listen, the first month I do it as a trial run. And it's a little bit less than minimum wage. But after the first month, it's minimum wage plus transport. And Paula asks, is it registrado? Is it Mm. trabalho registrado? So when you get a job in Brazil, you get a carteira. And a carteira is basically a card that is letting you know you've got a job. You've It's basically social security, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And it gives you a number. And when you get this card, when you're a registered worker, because of the CLT, which is the Consolidação das Leis do Trabalho, so like work laws, you have certain rights as a worker, uh, but you have to be a registered, you have to have your carteira to be able to have this. So when you have the carteira de trabalho, you have to have this document for any person that is in any workplace, Hmm. any workplace, anything else, you're doing it under the table. And in this registered carteira, it's also meant for you to know, like, your rights. So whoever is contracted under the system of the CLT, the Consolidação, under your work laws, you have uh, vacation time, you have you have medical insurance, you have transport, you have unemployment, you have maternity leave. You have It's like benefits, basically. Yeah, yeah. So if you are in any workplace at all and you get your card you have workers benefits basically you're like covered exactly but again you know if you're a maid unless you work with like a company or something like you're not going to have that and yeah. if you as a person are hiring somebody because you're just an individual a lot of times you can't provide that because you as the individual technically become the company and you have to pay certain things to be able to provide the registrado for your employee. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's interesting how in this scene, Elena comes in being like, this is your new job. Like she's showing her how to like how she prefers her laundry to be done. Correct. And and um, Paula is not. She's like, no, 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 no. That's not the case here. Which tell is me, interesting. Tell me what the. What are the benefits, basically? Yes. And it's interesting because it goes to show like how desperate Elena is for help, but mm. also that she can't really afford it. Mm-hmm. And also that Paula also really, really needs work, but that she's like, I, I, it's like it's hard to get a job, but it's also it's also like but I still need to look out for myself. You know, it, yeah. it, it for me, this little scene was very much like this says a lot about what I assume the Brazilian like workforce job employment situation socioeconomics and all that shit at this point in time i mean i'm not quite sure how it is now but i was like "Ooh, this speaks volumes right now it also shows the line the difference between middle class and lower class and how little it is totally how 
there is an absolute line. There is totally a line. Absolutely. And how that line can change sizes depending on like the where, power shift. what, the situation. Correct. Correct. Because Elena being like, look, I'm hiring you. I'm your boss. But then Paula being like, is it fucking registered? And then Elena having to just admit to the fact that I can't afford that. It has to swallow a Ooh. good amount of pride and be like, that's... Sorry, I can't yeah. give you a registrado. And then she turns it around on Paula and mm. says, you know, I can't afford that. And then in a, to me, what felt very manipulative way yep. says, you have no experience. And also, because you have no experience, you're going to have a really hard time finding trabalho registrado because I'm, she's basically saying, Turning it around and being like, I'm doing you the solid by giving you the job, bro. Yeah. The power shifts in this scene alone, you're like, whoa, who, whoa, damn. Just yeah. flipping and a flopping. <laughs> totally. So while they're having this roller coaster of power dynamics, Paula's like, all right, I'll take the gig. So she mm. takes the job. Yeah. Now here's Otavio in a high rise at a what seems to be a job interview. And this scene. What the fuck? Was madness. <laughs> so. <laughs> He meets I'm still with, confused. Yeah. So he meets with Masia in this conference conference room and he's wearing his suit, his tie. He there's almost like an excess of confidence coming off of him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "So, when is Carlos going to be joining us?" And Masia pulls the rug from under his feet and she's like, "Oh, he sends his apologies, but Carlos can't come today because he's got a last minute work trip and Otavio like kind of takes Otavio back and he's like, "Okay, can I ask why?" And she's like, "Oh, you know, got to go somewhere whatever." Hmm. And she says, "But he told me to take care of you personally and so this is going to be like it'll be it'll be the same is what basically she's saying." And he didn't expect this. Yes. And she asks, did you bring your CV, your resume? And almost arrogantly, he goes, no, I thought I was going to have a chat with my old friend, Carlos. Like, he came in expecting to just get a job right away because he knew this guy, Carlos. And that's not the game in the employment world, my dude. You know, I really like this character, Otavio. But it's interesting here that, you know, he comes in expecting a man. He gets a woman. Sure. Who is just doing her job. Uh Uh-huh. And he is pretty dismissive of her. And this is a guy who throughout the movie is very respectful of his wife, Elena, and, you know, very loving and everything. But in this situation, it's subtle. But you're like, oh, you're not willing to give this woman the time of day. Hmm. Yeah. So when he says, like, no, I was expecting to chat with my pal, she's like, that's okay. She she doesn't read this. No. He doesn't say it with animosity or anger or anything. To her, she's like, I'm here for a job interview to interview I'm, this She's person. just doing her job. She's doing her job. And uh, she's like, that's okay. You can email me your CV later on. It'll be great. And as she says this, she pulls out a pink balloon and is like stretching this pink balloon. I was so confused. Maha, uh-huh. me too. <laughs> Very much so. And as she's pulling at this pink balloon, two men enter 
into this conference room, two younger dudes in suits and ties as well. They go to sit down and she's like, Oi, boa tarde, bom dia, whatever. They sit down and she's like, Douglas and Mauricio are these yeah. two dudes. And they all like say hello. And Otavio is like, what the fuck is going on here on this day? Very, like, very silent. Just sitting and observing. And, and trying to figure out what is going on. And it's obvious yes. that this is like a group interview for this job. Okay. Thank you for clarifying because I assumed as much, but this, it turns into like almost like a self-help session. Yes. So Masia starts by saying, okay, Ota or uh, Douglas, uh-huh. tell me three of the professional characteristics that you think Otavio has. And they never, never met know him before. Exactly. Who is this man? Who are you? Who are you? And he's just like, oh, of course. Yes, he is this and this and this. And Otavio's like, Huh? Have we met? Have we met before? And while he's giving these three descriptors of Otavio's professional life, she is blowing up this balloon now. What? Wow. Okay. <laughs> go go ahead, Marcia. Do it. And then Marcia says, Otavio, what do you think about Maudi? What are Mauricio's three professional identifiers? And he's like... Uh, I guess this and this and this, like work ethic. Who I don't know these people. What the fuck? And she's like, uh huh, uh huh, ties a knot and draws a face. On I thought she was this... gonna make balloon animals. I thought she was gonna make fucking balloon animals. I was she so draws confused. A face on this fucking balloon, and she's about to turn to ask Mauricio to describe Douglas, probably when Otavio's like. Hey, um, I'm just going to get the fuck out of here. Bye. I'm, a, I'm, I'm scooting on out of here. And she's like, um, it's not done. we're not finished yet. I still have to talk about assistant manager Joaquin. And she points to the balloon. What the fuck is this? So Dude. I, again, was doing research afterwards because there was a lot of stuff I didn't understand. Sure. This part, This scene in particular. I didn't understand. And so I was looking through some articles and stuff. And I think of what I gather, the point of it was to show that the interview process now is also incredibly different and foreign for Otavio. Like, not only as he being aged out in his Mm -hmm. workplace, he's being aged out trying to get back into it. You know what I mean? Wow. So he's just like, these are the new practices and I have no clue what's going on here. I thought I had it in the bag because I knew a guy and now I have to be put into this world that I don't understand anymore. And because I'm arrogant and full of pride, I'm going to be like, fuck you, dude. I came here, do to, it. I came here to get my shit handed to me and you're going to make me talk to a fucking pink balloon with a face on it? I yeah. don't think so. Well, if just to kind of give him a little credit here, if this kind of shit popped up, I would have a <laughs> lot of trouble taking it seriously. If somebody was like, tell this pink balloon Joaquin, his, his the three great things about him. I don't know, dude. His smile. I don't fucking know. <laughs> that you what, just drew that on just that drew balloon. just drew on his face. What the hell is going on here? Yeah. But that makes a lot of sense. What you just yeah. said. Yeah. And he's like, "I'll talk to Carlos another day." Bye. Bye. Enjoy your interview with Joaquin. <laughs> she pops the balloon. It was so weird. <laughs> At the apartment, Vanessa is getting breakfast from Paula. Nothing like making a little snack for a kid to make the kid like you because she gives it to the girl. She Vanessa takes a little bite 
looks up this at Paula and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you like can it. tell that she good. likes. <laughs> You're like, okay. She can tell I got that you. she likes it too because as Paula goes to put something away, she's trying to find the spot, and Vanessa turns around and is like, "Oh, you got it. It's right there in the bottom." So like, oh, she's coming around to the Paula, which is nice. Yes. So Elena comes out and she's like, "Hey, don't worry. Don't forget about the pirua. It'll be late. Whatever." And she heads out of the apartment ready to go to work and you can tell she's a little sad she like kind of is leaving the door and she's looking back at Mm. paula and vanessa kind of like chit-chatting or whatever and there's like guilt there Mm. elena gets to the store and she sees a really long line of people waiting uh because they're all gonna apply for a job at the grocery store that's opening back up another great way to show how many people need work because that line is long and in that line we see our first (gasps) glimpse uh, of our favorite gal, good old Gilda. Gilda! Gilda! I Listen. literally yelled, Gilda! Gilda! When I and she saw looks so her. cute and adorable. So cute. I'm just going to like proclaim, hear ye, hear ye. We call to whatever the fuck the first meeting of the Gilda Nomachi <laughs> fan club, if that's how you say her last name. Because uh-huh. I just love this woman so much. If we make a shirt. That just says Gilda in the front. Will you guys? Oh my god! Gilda with like three exclamation points. Hell yeah! Will you guys? Will will y'all buy buy it? it? (laughs) I mean, I'll wear it. I will. I will wear it. We can make Mm -hmm. it for ourselves. Hell yeah! (laughs) A little later, we see Senor Antunes, and Senor Antunes is like the handyman, and Mm -hmm. uh, or like the super, and he's fixing up some things around the store. We see that that bricked up piece of weird wall is now plastered Mm. he's like picking up a chain or whatever and he moves like a fridge and there's a huge mallet behind this fridge and he's like whoa this is a pretty good mallet and she's like you can just pop it in the storage room and you're like okay why is there a humongous mallet and a crazy chain? chain right here this is this my notes are literally full of like nope just yep. all over the place because they keep dropping little things throughout this movie where it's like, nope. No. I don't like it. In the evening, Elena comes home and her house is clean and lovely and she she goes right to the kitchen counter and she sees there's a little rag with blood on it and she's like, what the fuck? Mm. And from in the apartment, out comes Paul and Vanessa. Vanessa. Vanessa? Vanessa. I, it's... <laughs> I it sounds so weird in my mouth. You're, I think you're nailing it, dude. So Paula and Vanessa come out from inside the apartment, and they show why there's blood on this little rag. Mm. It's because Vanessa has lost one of her teeth. She one of her teeth popped out. That spot of blood is another great way of like a subtle drop of tension. Yes, like what? Why is there what, blood why? here right now? Why blood? And so Paula hands Elena a glass of water so she can pop her tooth in there, which I was like, I don't, I don't remember popping Mm-mm. a tooth in the water. Whatever. She holds up the glass and looks at it, and there's like an air of sadness there. Like mm. there's just like a, I missed, missed my it. I missed my kid's tooth falling out. You know what I mean? Yeah. We see that, we hear the kid be like, mom, get ready. We're going to be late. And we cut to a school play. Oh. In this play, oh boy. Uh, we hear, 
1888 and this and law has just come to the land and this little kid walks over hands another kid a scroll the kid opens the scroll drops it and unties a third kid that's tied to like a a block the kid turns to the audience and does like some like cheering motions there's another kid in the corner who's the narrator and she says The law marked the end of slavery in Brazil. It freed 750,000 slaves. And then all of a sudden, all the kids on stage start to clap to a beat and a bunch of other kids come out. And they are all start doing capoeira, gung gung gung, gung gung gung, That sound is not on, but when I hear when I see capoeira, that's the first thing that I think of. Sure. And as these kids are doing capoeira, the audience starts clapping to the beat too. It's all very exciting, except all these kids have. And when I say blackface, it's like shoe polish on their face. Mm-hmm. It's literally a circle of black on their face meant to be like these are slave kids. Yeah. I was surprised by this mm-hmm. scene and it made me think, would this not cause an outrage in Brazil? Like you did, If you did this in the United States... I'm pretty sure Canceled. this would be on the cover of a newspaper being like, did you fucking see this shit? Yeah. Pero en Brasil, I, I, this wasn't that long. This movie came out in 2011? 2011. I was very surprised to see this scene. So this is what I think. Okay. This is my interpretation. Uh huh. I think, again, this is meant for us to see the difference in class. Mm. And I think the reason they paint these kids' faces black is because there are no black kids in this. They were all white kids. But which means, like, the black yeah. community is a lot poorer and can't afford to go to the school, is what I mean. Now, I don't think that this was offensive on part on the part of part of Marco Dutra and Juliana Rojas. I don't don't think that they were being like offensive. No, I think I, you're I think correct in that was, they were showing this was meant the, the difference to, here. Yes, they were like they were like, look at this. This is fucked. Yeah. Can I say one quick thing? Yes. Just to lighten this very quickly. Also, there is a kid dressed as a cloud, and I was like, it's Eileen in high school <laughs> dressed as a rain cloud. Yep. Eileen dressed as a rain cloud for Halloween one year. Everybody, I just uh, need everybody to know that we've got. Pictures. Oh got yeah, a picture. I have a picture of uh, of Johnny, who the person that loves Can Halloween the most. Can you believe the person that is like, oh, Halloween made for me. I am the Halloween my favorite kid. Holiday. My favorite the, holiday. Truly, all about Halloween. Not yeah. wearing a costume. On Literally the in my school uniform. Day. Yep. And but there's Eileen. Look fabulous. As a cloud. <laughs> I have a. I made it. I it was a it was a fucking poster board. I cut a fucking nuwe and I put it around my face. I cut a hole in the middle of it and my face was the cloud and then I made tiny clouds for my hands that had uh raindrops falling off of it. And mm-hmm. on my shirt, I wore a black shirt. I didn't have a gray one that had a big lightning bolt coming down from my face. You will definitely see this picture at some point on our Instagram. Yeah. It will absolutely be posted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's, uh, there was Eileen up on that stage. I too. was there. I'm so I was glad there. to see her up there. Thank I needed you that. Thank you so much. Uh, my starring role. 
<laughs> so now <laughs> the grocery store is officially open. Elena walks around. She's being the boss. She's like checking with the butcher. Who did you recognize the butcher? Oh my God, no. Who is it? The butcher was the dad of the kid that got killed in Boas Manetas. <gasps> so not only is Gilda back. Este señor, él era boliviano, peruano, algo así. Good catch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So that guy's back. Way to go for bringing your actors back, guys. What a great... Hell yeah. Give that dude more work. So she's checking in with the butcher, whose name is Jorge. Uh, he's asking Ricardo... Nope. She's asking... Ricardo, the stock boy, to make a little pile of like bomb bomb boxes, like you know, she's mm -hmm. like, you know, like in supermarkets when they have those like towers of of products that you kind of decorate with. And she's learning about the cash register with Gilda. And at the register, there's a lady that comes up to pay, and Elena's like, Hi, did you find everything okay? And the lady's like, Yeah, um, sure, but I couldn't find milk. And the kid back there said that you're out of milk. And Elena's like, that can't be. We just got a shipment today. Gilda, can you go grab her a box? So Gilda goes to find this milk. And as they're waiting, the lady's like, so what about your cuñado, your brother-in-law? Did he get better from all those weird problems he was having? And Elena's like, huh? And the lady goes, I never thought you guys would reopen. And Elena's like, I think you're confusing me with some someone else. You know, we just opened like two days ago, like now. And the lady's like, oh, so it's run by a different family. I thought you were the wife of one of those other dudes, but not the weird one. Not the one that's strange. What, what does do that mean, mean, lady? So Gilda comes back. There's no milk. And Elena's like, that's not possible, but okay. And the lady's like, don't worry. No problem. I'll pay for my can of oil. So now we see Otavio and he seems to be like at a temp agency or like a place where like you give your information, your resume, all your shit, and they stick it into a data bank and they send it to companies basically. And the woman at this office, like that's filling out all his stuff. She asks him how long he's been out of work. He says two and a half months. He asks, how long until I start getting interviews? And she's like, that's never certain. We put your info in the data bank and when the company and then the companies have access to it. So when they need somebody, that's when they call you in. And then she leans in and is like, by the way, the company really promotes these like monthly networking meetings because they're really great for like meeting people and making connections. You know, you get a coffee break, which I love that she said that. Mm -hmm. And you like exchange cards and blah, blah, blah. Also, there's these really great workshops that we have this month. And there's even a therapist that comes in to talk to you. Wow. And he's kind of like, he's not dismissive, but you can tell in his face he's like, I'm not going to use this. I'm not going to do, like, just get me the job. You know what I mean? I mean, he's basically like a therapist. How about dental insurance? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know? And she's like, it may seem silly, but our clients really use these programs. And people out here are not getting work for like a year or a year and a half. So it's like easy to feel down, which is why the therapists are there. And uh, she takes a picture of him and he's wearing a suit and tie because he's a fancy job guy. And then she goes, I think you should take your tie off. It'll make you look younger. Now, interesting. First of all, this woman looked so much like Beanie Feldstein to me. But more importantly. Yes, there is a Beanie Feldstein air there. She is young. Yes. She looks early 20s, maybe. Like Baby. she is a young Thing. Yeah. 
So basically everybody you're seeing in the workforce now is a young, young thing Yeah. throughout this film. At the grocery store, the newly painted bricked up wall, weird wall section has a stain that's coming through. And it just popped up. They just fixed it and now there's a stain already. Uh-uh. The minute uh, we saw that bricked up wall in the first two minutes of the film with Soraya and she's like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. I was like, they're going to paint over that wall and that and stain immediately. is going to come through. Yeah. You know and, it. And here comes butcher Jorge and he's like, mira, there's a leak back there. There's something back there. Humidity is bad for the meat. It's going to make, it's going to ruin it. And she's like, okay, don't worry about it. We'll fix it. Ricardo, the stock boy, goes by and she like kind of reprimands him for signing the delivery slip without making sure that all of the items were delivered. Delivered, And she's talking about the milk incident from yesterday. She's like, there's no milk. You said there was milk. And he's like, I'll look again. Don't worry. At the end of the day, Elena, Gilda, and Ricardo are closing up the store. It's nighttime. They're rolling down the gate. And on the street, Elena seems like sad and the, and down in the dumps. Gilda can tell she's upset. And she Gilda's all done up and fancy in a dress. And she tries to cheer her up. And she's like, eventually people are going to start coming. You know, it's new. That's just the... That's just the way the game works. Yeah, takes time. Elena's like, you look, você tá toda bonitona, which is such a Brazil thing. You look, you look really nice. Are you gonna go meet with a namorado, with a boyfriend? And mm-hmm. Gilda's like, oh, from your mouth to God's ears to make him a namorado. Oh, my goodness. In my mind, <laughs> I was like, Deus te ouça. <laughs> Love that so much. In my mind, <laughs> she was actually going to the gay bar from uh, Boas. Oh Maneiras. my God, oh my, she is. <laughs> She is. She's like, actually, Dona Elena. It's a namorada. Da, 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 da. (laughs) Totally, dude. That's Uh. the connection right here. (laughs) So Gilda's like, Deus Chiosa, I'm out. I'm going to go get laid. And Ricardo (laughs) hands hands Elena the keys to the store. And as they're getting ready to walk over to the car that's across the street, they see a dog in the darkness. And it's barking at them. Nope. And Ricardo kind of goes up to the to the dog. Is like, hey, get the fuck out of here, dog. And the dog's yeah. like, Rrr. what the hell? <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> and he trots away. But it's a very creepy backlit dog. You don't see the face. It's just his little body like standing there and barking and growling. And you're just like, ooh, this is weird. It gave yeah. me the Rottweiler in the Omen. Yes, absolutely. Just like in the like hello, I'm here. Boof. It feels not to be redundant, but like a bad omen. Yes. It's like this is not good. So it's Christmas at the grocery store. Well, not yet, but they're decorating and Otavio is setting up the creepiest life-size Santa I've ever seen no in my life. No. To this fucking dancing Santa. And this dancing Santa is the kind of wiggly dancing Santa that only wiggles and dances when you walk in front of it. So it's a motion sensor fucking wiggle Santa, which you know you know. You might as well put this thing in spirit, in like a spirit Halloween store for sale to, as for like a jump scare for people to yeah. walk by. And it's just going to automatically be like, ding dong, ding, Merry Christmas. And you will have your life scared out of you. Exactly. As Otavio is setting up all this stuff, a man goes by in a suit and he's talking on his cell phone, like a douchey finance bro. And he's like, oh, my clients and whatever. 
And he turns to Otavio and he's like, hey, where the fuck are the fucking beers in this place? Mm-hmm. And Otavio, very short and very defensively, is like, dude, I don't fucking work here. Mm-hmm. That said a lot to me. Because mm. that moment I was like, this is beneath him. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. How dare you think that I'm a lowly grocery store attendant? Sure. And then, and then you're just like, yeah, but that's your wife's job. Yeah, you dick. Yeah. And she so, works really hard. Yeah, so fuck job. you. <laughs> Wow, yeah. And then he Eesh. he takes a minute. He's like, hey, I don't fucking work here, work here, dude. But then he's like, but you know, there's freezers out there in the back. So go ahead and grab yeah, go them ahead. over there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Elena and Gilda are counting the panettones, which I love that panettone is a thing in Brazil. It's so Italian. Mm. But for me, like for my family always has... Part of my family is half Italian, so we have a lot of Italian things that we do, and panettone is one of them. Now, do you like a panettone? I don't like the fruit kind. The fruit I'm kind sure. es, una, es horrible, no me gusta. Pero uh-huh. me gusta el que tiene chocolate. Hay unos que tienen limoncello that is like, ooh, ooh. bro. There's something for me that is has always been, to me, panettone is a Brazilian thing because I remember every Christmas. So they're counting the panettones, which is a very Christmas thing. If you guys, I mean, if you don't know what a panettone is, it's like a big, like a brioche bread type cake, usually dried fruit, sometimes chocolate, sometimes limoncello cream. It's very delicious. Italians love to have it for breakfast on Christmas morning. Okay. <laughs> they're counting them. There's 43. There should be 50. Elena's like, it's okay, let's go count the next thing. We'll come back around to double check, but there is a concern there. Mm. And as they walk down the aisle, Gilda's like, listen, Don Elena, something stinks, bro. What's the deal? And they walk over right in front of that weird patch of wall, and on the ground, oozing out of the tiles, is this, like, black... It looks like black blood. It's like goo oozing out of this tile floor. And they're like, what the fuck? It's a big puddle of it. And then we cut to Otavio cleaning up this thing, this like goopy thing on the floor. And Elena, when he's done, she grabs him on the shoulder and she's like, see, it was so good that you were here because I needed you. At the apartment, Otavio, Elena and Elena's mom arrive my god this woman we'll get to her so they arrive and (laughs) vanessa and paula are setting up the christmas tree and paula pulls elena aside and she's Mm. like listen your kid really wanted to put the tree up she was so excited and elena is kind of heartbroken and she's like she's pissed about it almost too yeah she's pissed and she's like i'm the one that does it with her every year and paula's like oh i will I didn't know. I was just trying to make your kid happy, basically. But also, she's she's lightening her load. Like, she knows that, Paula knows that Dona Elena has to work, and, like, she's got this store that she's running by herself. Yeah. Like, she, she's the owner of that store now. Yeah. All Paula's doing, she's just doing her job, yeah. honestly. Again, just doing my job. Wow. It's a tense little moment, and she's like, it's fine, and she walks over. Like, Elena walks away. In the kitchen... Uh. Paula is washing dishes and Elena's mom is next to her drying these dishes. And then she's drying one. She looks at it and she hands it back to Paula. (laughs) I don't know why, but this woman is wearing a button down shirt and like a string of pearls. It's like a long 
necklace and the pearls are tied in a knot. Uh-huh. That necklace spoke volumes for me. I was like, ese, oh eso quiere decir algo. The look, the red hair, todo. 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 Yeah. And she's like, mira, mira. Olha só. This dish <laughs> is fucking dirty and she hands it back to Paula to wash again. She grabs the other pile of clean dishes and is trying to put them away and Paula points to where to where they should go and she turns around and she's like, "Are you allowed to use these dishes every day?" And Paula's like, "Yeah, that's what Don Elena told me to do." And she's like, "Well, you need to be very careful because these were a wedding gift and they're imported." And it's like, "Go away." Let her do her job, ho. Yeah, fuck you. Now, was she asking her if Elena allowed her to like eat on the dishes? Is that what's is that what's being said here, or just to use the dishes? I think the implication is eat on the dishes. Oh, you bitch. Yeah. Oof. I think that's it's meant to be like, are you using the same stuff that we're using, which is very. Oh, you. Bitch. Yeah, it's Ugh. very fucked. And then she walks on over to the fridge. She pops it open and she's like, oh, this is a pile of shit. A gente tem que fazer Ugh. uma geral. Tá a ponto de pular um bicho de dentro. There's a, we're at the point where a, a fucking animal is going to jump out of here. And she's like, you have to clean the fridge every month. And Paula is at the sink and she is scrubbing that dish like... There's no tomorrow. Oh, Just frustrated and quiet. Feel in yeah. her body. Her body is screaming, get the fuck out fuck of my kitchen. Fuck you, you bitch. Yeah. Ugh. In the living room, we're paying bills, we're doing math. Oh, no. It's a lot. And Otavio's like, we're going to have to cut something. What about the cable TV? Uh, Elena's like, no, our kid is on vacation. And I was like, make that bitch read. Make that cut bitch the cable read. TV. Cut the cable. Cut it. So Otavio's like, fine, you pick what you're going to cut. It's tense. Yes. It's very tense. And Elena's also like, BT dubs the school bill. And he's like, yeah, 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 I'll go talk to them. And Elena's like, do you want me to talk to my parents so they can lend us some money? And that's the final straw. Otavio's like, absolutely fucking not. So again, mm-hmm. this like male pride, taking care of your household kind of thing. Mm-hmm. At that moment, here comes in fucking the mom, fucking Elena's mom, and she's all proud, and she's like, oh, now the kitchen's clean. And Elena's like, you didn't have to fucking do that. That's why Paula's here. And the mom is like, oh, it's nothing. Eu adoro serviço de casa. Me relaxa. I love housework. It relaxes me. Bitch, you didn't do anything. You pointed a finger and said, you need to be doing this and you need to be doing that. You're not doing it. Paula's doing it. This and also, what a way to shit on Paula's work. Yeah. Like she's basically telling Paula who, okay, being an empleada is hard motherfucking work. Yes. And to put on top of that, there is a child here, and I have to fucking live here. Yes. And this grandma being like, oh, it ju- it relaxes me. Fuck, Fuck you. you. You Fuck are being you. so disrespectful to this woman and her the hard work she does every single day and night, basically. Yeah, totally. Oh, she's awful. She's awful. 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 If only she didn't look so fucking fabulous all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Her face annoyed me. I, I genuinely oh was Oh my like, God. I thought she was just, I found her like to be a gorgeous older woman. I was just I like, look at this. wanted to like, punch her in the face. I mean, 
Because she's a bitch. She's awful, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think that overtook the fab, the quote unquote fabulousness. Oh, Genuinely, agreed. I was just like, I want to fucking You're elbow awful. you right in the fucking temple. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're oh, at the grocery man. store this again, and we see. Uh, Senor Antunes, and they're digging up the floor where that puddle of fucking black blood popped out of, and they're pulling something out of a pipe. And he's like, oh, I got it. And he snakes a thing out of there, and he drops this fucking glob of something. And then there's a close-up, and it's hair and maggots. It's hair, maggots, and whatever black goop that was- What the fuck? Fucked. My my mouth just filled with saliva in like the way of like I'm the barf way. Ugh. Entonces now it's nighttime. Elena has been asked by her mom to go back to the store to pick up some cans of creme de leche, and which is basically just heavy cream. And Elena is going back, and she gets out of the car, and outside she we don't see them, we just see her looking at them. But the dog is back. But it seems as though there is more than one because you hear a lot yeah. of growling and barking, like several different ones. She rolls up the gate. She goes inside. As she's grabbing these cans of creme de leche, the creepy Santa goes off. And the creepy Santa is nowhere near her, BT dubs. Yeah, you just hear it somewhere we, in, the, I mean, in the store. We knew it was Ooh. coming. We were waiting for it. And here it is. Here he is. Ding, 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 ding. And you're just like, okay, Santa, fuck you. She walks on over and immediately it stops. And as soon as it stops, Behind her, right between the butcher's section and, like, the storage area, mm-hmm. the door there creaks incredibly loudly, like, open. Nope. No, no, no. But she's brave, and she goes back to see what's going on in the storage area. She walks in. There's nothing. But behind her, in the doorway, are, I call them butcher flaps. It's those big, yeah, like, totally. plastic. So, like, keep it cold. Yeah. Yeah. So behind her in the doorway are the butcher flaps, and they all of a sudden move as if something run ran right past them. Absolutely jumped. not. I oh, full. She comes back out, and she's standing there kind of looking at this empty clothes grocery store, and then the fucking Santa starts to wiggle again. Go fuck yourself. And again, she's, not, she's nowhere near it. I mean, yeah. she's literally looking at it, and something sets it off. Boop. Nope. This was the first real kind of like oh I forgot that this doesn't really feel like a horror movie yeah yeah yeah. but this was the first scene where you're like oh right this is supposed to be a horror movie holy shit so a lot of the time during this movie the thing the vibe that I felt was very similar to the vibe that I felt watching Hereditary and The Shining absolutely and I think also something that aids to this effect is that there is very little soundtrack Mm, there is mm-hmm. no music. There's no ambient anything. It's just silence for the most part. And yeah. uh, and so it, you're just sitting there in these moments with these people where you're just like, 
something feels wrong. Something feels yeah. off, and it's uncomfortable to like live in it. Absolutely. The t- the first scene of the movie where she's looking at the empty grocery store. There's no music. Yeah. In the back, you just hear like it sounds hollow and like almost echoey and windy and creepy. And yeah. you're like, this is giving me Creepsville right yeah, now. For sure. Every time you're in that fucking store. Back at the store, Elena is overseeing again a bunch of stuff. She is like boss bitch, figuring it all out. The floor is getting retiled. Her landlord, Don Alfredo, Seu Alfredo, is there asking for invoices for these retilings, and she's watching the em. Employees, and she goes back to get these invoices for Seu Alfredo and Soraya, who's also there. And she catches Ricardo, the stock boy, putting a bunch of bread in a plastic bag. And she's like, what are you doing? And he says, you told me to separate the expired stuff. And she walks up to him. She grabs that bag from his hand, like, very aggressively to check. She, like, pulls out a loaf of this bread to check this expiration date. She shoves it back in the bag, and she's like, we'll talk about this later. And she grabs these receipts to give to the landlord, and Soraya's like, oh, you got to keep an eye on them, am I right? This is why I work for myself. It's very condescending and shitty. Totally. And then while she's like grabbing these receipts, she gets this box of stuff and she's like, this is from the old tenant. Do you want to give it to them? And they're like, the way that Alfredo and Soraya are looking at each other, it's like, no, we don't want that stuff. No, no, no. You can get rid of it. You can go ahead and donate it if you want to. And inside there's a plaid shirt, jeans, some like boots and a watch. Now, let me ask you this. Uh-huh. Is that the outfit of the man in the picture? I was going to ask you the same thing. I think that it is. I think so as well. I mean, I didn't honestly didn't take like that long look at what he was wearing, me but I'm assuming that this is what that is I've... entailing. That creepy kind of like dark sinister man from the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are his clothes. I think but it's so like, too. Why? Why the fuck are his clothes here? Yep. No me gusta. Yo tampoco. Some guy is trying to buy four fucking turkeys and <laughs> Gilda is at the at the register and she's like, I don't have time for any of this bullshit, you fucking asshole. And uh, in <laughs> the her. back, Ricardo is getting a talking to. And he was like, I was doing what you told me. And Elena is like, your job is to take the stuff from the shelves and put it in storage when it's expired. What about the panettone? What about the milk? He's like, what am I going to do with all that stuff? And she's like, I don't know. You could be taking it and reselling it. And Hikado's like, yeah, I'm going to make a bunch of money selling a bunch of old bread. And this bitch snaps. Você tá louco de falar assim comigo? Are you crazy? You're going to fucking talk to me this way? You fucking respect me. Wow. And Hikado's like, I have never taken anything. Gilda and I leave every time together. And so Elena walks over to the butcher flaps and she's like, Gilda! And she yells for her. Gilda comes in. (laughs) I love Gilda so much. She's got (laughs) her uniform shirt on, her jeans, and unos tacones. Like these shoes, these heels she's wearing. Stilettos. Nightwear. Nightwear. (laughs) I mean, it's it's three strings holding her foot together and like a fucking stiletto heel. It's a fabulous. And Elena's like, Gilda, have you seen him take some stuff? And Gilda looks at uh, looks at Ricardo, and then she looks at Elena, and she's like, no. And she leaves. An interesting thing about this kid, Ricardo, is I'm pretty sure in the, like, for, 
earlier in the movie when we saw Gilda in line. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Ricardo was the first person in that line. Yeah. So that just goes to show he was there first. He really wanted the job. This is a good kid. Yeah. And he is a fucking hard worker. He's just doing his job. Yeah. Again. And just doing just his job. Just doing my job. After Gilda leaves, Elena's like, listen, I'm going to have to fire you. And he's like, please, you don't have to do this. And she's like, you can come back after Christmas and get the, your last paycheck. At the house, Elena is in a bad mood Ooh. and she's looking for something. And Paola's like, what What do you need? And she's like, I need cinnamon, canela. Dude. And when Paola hands it to her, she's like, I can't find anything in this fucking house anymore. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Take a breath. They go back to doing their thing. Like Elena's like making a dessert and, and Paola's cracking eggs into a bowl. And one of the eggs that Paola cracks, she stops and she looks at it and she says, Don Elena, it was the last egg. And we look over into the bowl and in in the all the egg business floating is a teeny tiny dead baby bird like a from yeah, the egg. Like, like a half-formed chick. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. It's bloody, it's gross, it's disgusting. Elena... Turns around, grabs a spoon, scoops it out, and throws it in the garbage. She tells Paula very briskly, like, take over the dessert. And she grabs this bowl of eggs and just starts whipping. And I'm She's like, She's still going to cook with that egg mixture. And also, there was, she left some blood in the. Ew. I, it was. Again. My mouth is full of saliva barf. because of barf. <laughs> but so like gross. this is a this is another bad sign. That's if I cracked open an egg and I saw that, I'd be like, ¿Y qué me va a pasar? No. What's gonna happen in the Poneme world? Sal. Por <laughs> favor, <laughs> salt circle, whip me with some, you know, uh, where's some my leaves. sage? <laughs> Jesus Christ, no See. way. And then funny you say that because suddenly the power goes out and everybody's nope. like, shit. So in their bedroom, Elena and Otavio are talking. Basically, Elena's like, the bill was 60 fucking bucks. You could, I have that. You could have asked me for it and I, we could have paid our fucking bill. Mm-hmm. And then and why didn't you ask me? And he goes, cause I was waiting for some money to come in. And she flips again. Where was this money coming from? A donation? And he's like, you don't have to fucking yell. And she's like, why? Are you afraid that your daughter... And I'm going to say in Portuguese because it's a very good sentence. Por quê? Você tá com medo que sua filha pense que você é uma bosta. Oof. Why do you think you're... Are you afraid that your daughter is going to think you're a piece of shit, basically? This was really rough. She didn't have to yell at him like this. No. She didn't have to yell at him. And she, like, this and she knew. She, immediately, mm-hmm. she it's like, whoops. And she's like... Listen, I'm sorry. I spoke without thinking. And he's like, it's fine. And he buttons up his shirt. And this is Ooh. like, this is Christmas Day, BT Debs. Because yeah, now. Like he's getting dressed for Christmas. For Christmas. Not Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, it seems like. Right, right, right. Yeah. So now it's nighttime. Every, we have the Elena's mom and dad are there and they're like showering the kid with gifts. Oh my God, look, another gift, another gift. Not only are they there, but Otavio's sister is also there. And uh, they're all in candlelight opening presents. And 
Otavio's sister is like, this reminds me of when we were kids, Otavio, because when we were kids on Christmas Day, a huge bat flew into the the Casa de Campo that we were staying at and uh, at our grandma's house and when we were opening presents and it kept slamming against all the walls and then Otavio and I picked it up and put it in a sack and then we took it to the casero to the groundskeeper and it beat it to death with a stick and (laughs) she's like and then the animal just kept screaming and you're just like What's going on with the sister? What? But then, Why with this horror story, sister? Shut it. It's Christmas Eve. And we get a close-up of Elena, who is listening to this happening, as she's like squealing this bat sound, and we see that a trickle of blood starts to come down from her nose. This creeped me out so hard. Yes. Holy shit. There's something about <sighs> a nosebleed that is yes. has always been very creepy. Yeah. This feels wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Later on, Elena's mom and Otavio's sister are sitting on the couch. They're both obviously drunk. And Elena's mom is like, listen, you're right not to marry. I got married way too early and ruined my life. Her husband Ooh. is less than a foot away pass out but still like he's right there and she's like it ruined my life and elena she also ruined her life by leaving school just to be with your fucking stupid brother and the sister's like i'm independent i don't need no man and then she looks over to this mom and i was like "Uh uh-oh this hoe wants to finger this old lady and she's like i think we should go lie down i'm excuse me i'm glad that you brought this up because i was like should i bring up the fact that i felt like the sister was flirting with this old mom oh yeah that's the that's the vibe i got that's absolutely the vibe that it was meant to give what is going on right that now? sister was ready to fucking in this house get all up in that wow. old bush oh boy okay but the 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 old mom is just like no midnight mass let's stay up it'll be I fine i love the new no. pope fuck you <laughs> So in the kitchen, Otavio comes in while Elena's doing the dishes and she's like, this is the lamest Christmas of my life. And, you know, he says, that's what you get for marrying a bosta, like a piece of shit. And she's like, I'm sorry again. And he hands her a tiny box with a ring and she jokes. She's like, I should sell this to pay the light bill. He's like, listen, I took that other job. It's a work from home job and it's based on commission. But it does let me like look around to get something better. A few days later, Paula is on her cell phone and she's like secretly arranging another job interview. Dude, even Paula's looking for different work. Yeah. She's like, I'm I can't be in this house where fucking tiny baby chicks explode out of eggs and that fucking shitty grandma is gonna tell me how to wash it. How long is this grandma gonna be here? Yeah, fuck you. So when she finishes that call, the house phone rings and Elena asks if Otavio is already up and he is not. So Paula goes to grab the kid and the kid is like, can you put makeup on my face? And Paula's like, sure, I'll put makeup on your face, but you have to go wake up your dad first. The kid's like, oh, I don't know. And she's like, go, go. Don't tell him it was me that told you to do it. So she goes, she wakes up her dad, and then the two of them go downstairs so that the kid can grab the bus. The phone rings again, and out of the bedroom comes Otavio still in his jammies, and it's Elena 
And he's like, yeah, no, I already started working. So she's like checking up on him to make sure that he's working, which doesn't feel good. Nope. And we see that this new job that he has is basically a telemarketing job. He's just like calling people up and being like, do you have life insurance, basically? Uh, this is this this little it's scene of him on the phone gave me, made me so sad. Bummer. But it gave me anxiety. I yeah. was just like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like this. Yes. Oof. At the store, we have security cameras being plugged in and Gilda walks in and Elena's like, listen, you're late. And Gilda's like, no, I'm five minutes early. And fucking Elena is like, she is so short and so brusque. Is that the word brisk? Br- brusque? Brusque? I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And she's like, my watch says differently, Gilda. Go put your uniform on. And she's like a real piece of work. Elena, take a day off. Take a day off. Jesus. And then she cuts. we cut to Jorge the Butcher, and she's like trying to figure out this the schedule for Carnaval. Now listen, Carnaval is a sacred time for Brazilians. Because not only is it Carnaval, it's Semana Santa. It's like mm-hmm. not only is it religious, it's like the it's the thing that makes Brazil Brazil. People take it seriously. I am not here to work on Carnaval. And this is what Jorge says. Josh is like, Mira, Tuesday is a holiday. You said we weren't gonna be open and fucking Elena's like, Well, I changed my mind. So then we see her collecting old fruit to like throw away or whatever. And she kind of like overhears Georgi and Gilda complaining to each other about this situation. And she's like upset about it that she hears employees talking about that shit. Later on, we see Elena and Otavio has arrived. It's closeout time. And Elena is checking Gilda's bag to make sure she hasn't taken anything. No. And it's so tense and so uncomfortable. And then we go to the storage room and literally everything is closed down. And Otavio says, listen, you need to cut your employees a break because I I felt it in the air. They're about to do some voodoo on your ass because it's uh, (laughs) not cool, bro. Yeah. And as he's talking about this, he moves over some shelves and he sees another big chain. And then he moves it again, and on the wall, there are huge scratch marks. And I'm talking like- the fuck? Like the height of a human being, but also the actual scratches are like, they're not scratches. They're fully like in the wall. Yeah. Thick marks. Yes. Like it looks like claw marks in the wall. Yeah. And then he pulls that chain out from underneath, and at the other end of the chain is a collar with <gasps> spikes on it, like like a choke collar, basically. B- it basically like the way I imagine this is like a Hellraiser collar, like mm-hmm. a torture collar. So like you put, I imagine you would put the collar on, and whatever is attached to this, if it tried to pull away, the spikes would pierce into your into the flesh yes oh fuck fucked otavio jokingly says i'm gonna put this on you to see if you calm down a little bit and i was like damn jesus christ (laughs) at home paula helps the kid pack while they're packing in the room otavio and elena are plugging in the feed of the store security at their house and otavio tells elena you should get packing too because I want to leave early in the morning to the Casa de Campo that they're going to. And Elena's like, I'm not going. I'm going to work. And Otavio's like, what the fuck, dude? We've been planning this for a whole week. It's Carnaval. And she's like, 
sorry, somebody's got to work, which is a shitty thing to say. And she's like, Oof. how about you stay here working? And I go, I go travel. Oh my God, girl, stop being a dick. Dude. And he's like, everything is planned. Your daughter is expecting this. And she's like, my mom is not going to be there. The casero groundskeeper is there. Everything is planned. It'll be fine. I'll explain it to fucking the kid. It doesn't matter. So now we're at the store and it's crazy raining outside. Elena and Gilda and Georgie are freaking out. They're like fucking trying to keep the water out. It's bonkers rain. So strong that it breaks a little window and the little window is right above the weird wall. Yeah. And so she runs over and she moves this like chip stand that is hiding the stain from before, which we haven't seen since we saw it the first time. And when she moves this chip stand, the wall is black. It's yeah. huge. It's like this black stain. mold. Yeah, it's horrible. So Senor Antunes, the handyman, walks, comes over and he's like, uh, makes a little hole. He's like, this isn't sewage, but yeah, we should bring this down and see what the fuck is doing this. And he's like, it'll only take two days, but I have to do it after Carnaval because, you know, I'm, I'm busy now, whatever. And Elena's like, I can't, I'm going to be open during the holiday. I can't have this. And he's like, we'll put a sheet over it. Great. We'll put Girl, a sheet over it. Take this as a sign you should not be working on Carnaval. Take, exactly. you need to take it. Go to the campo, por favor. Relajate. Por Por favor. Have a drink, girl. While this is happening, Otavio and Vanessa arrive at the Casa de Campo for their vacay. At home, Elena is watching the Carnaval Parade, which is always so beautiful and cool. Love hearing this music. It's so great. And Paula pops in and she's like, hey, I'm getting ready to go to bed. You need anything else from me? And she catches a glimpse of the show, of the parade, and she's like, I like that car that's going by. Elena's like, oh, you want to sit down and watch? And she's like, actually, yeah. So she sits down and watches the, the Carnaval, and Paula's like, yo gosto desse samba, which is very sweet. Because during Carnaval, every... Every, every, <laughs> every escola de samba, every samba school has, they write their own song every year. And mm. that's what they parade down the street in Rio playing, basically. Mm-hmm. They release these songs earlier than the, than the actual parade so that you can get pumped up and then you can like cheer for your favorite samba school that goes by and you can know the song and you can dance and blah, blah, blah. So oh my God, it's, it's just the best yeah. ever. It's and the best thing in the world. They also release like a single song that's like the theme of the Carnaval, which is very fun. They pick a lady to do oh a, a dance the, on the commercials. TV. Yes, the commercial uh, lady. I love that song. She is basically usually naked. Oh, basically. It's, uh, she's wearing a thong and her tits <laughs> are out on television yeah, like painted, at 9 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> throughout the day. <laughs> yeah, it's like, get yeah. ready. And this is like a week before Carnaval happens, yeah. too. It's like, Carnaval is coming, and here is your boobs at, with your breakfast, sir and ma'am. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, it's um, the best. It's the best. It's very cool. And Elena sweetly says, you know, one day when we have a little bit extra money, I'll put a TV in your room. And Paula's like, okay. Thanks. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll see if I'll still be here. <laughs> exactly. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> it is very sweet. This little, this little sweet teeny. It's scene, a moment you know, a break of like in the tension that she's back to being her like normal self. Mm-hmm. So 
on their mini vacay, Vanessa and Otavio are at a museum, like a natural history museum. There's a bunch of stuffed animals everywhere. There is not another soul in this museum with them. Empty. Empty. <laughs> Empty. And at one point, Vanessa works. Van- Vanessa goes over to one of the animal things and she calls her dad over. And when he gets there, it's a double-headed calf that is stuffed. And the camera zooms in real slow into, like, the section where the two heads almost meet, where the two eyes are, like, at its closest. It's such a weird... I have chills right now because, again, this gave me full Full creeps. Full creeps. Full creep vibes. Did you also notice in one of the glass cases that like wolf creature with long the motherfucking long legs? Legs, yeah. What is that thing? What the fuck is that thing? I don't know. Full creeps. Back at the store, Paula is helping out poor Elena, who doesn't know what the hell she's doing. She approaches Elena very hesitantly. She says, I found this in the middle of the construction mess. And she puts down on the counter something. And we get the close-up of it. It's like a nail, like a not a fingernail, like a claw nail. If yeah. You well, will. at first I was like, a "Is bone? that a long?" I thought it was a tooth, like a or, long motherfucking uh-huh. tooth. Maybe it's but, a tooth. Yeah. But either way, it's claw, tooth, whatever it is. It's long. It's and long. That is it's big. Not it's human. Not good. <laughs> yeah. And Elena's like, cool, thanks so much for your help. You can go now. And she's just like looking at this like tooth claw thing. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> so the store is closed. Elena goes to the wall to check behind the sheet. And she looks into the little hole. And I was like, ooh, we She goes to the storage room and she grabs the mallet. She goes over to the fucking weird wall. And she's basically like, let's find out what the fuck is back there. Ooh, I was like, don't do it, but yes, please do it. Go Open do it. it now. Break that I fucking wall down. I need to see. Smash, smash, smash. She makes a bigger hole than the one that was already there. She shoves her arm inside where I was like, girl, <gasps> no. 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 And she starts to pull at something. And there's like some crackling sound and some rumbling, whatever. And all of a sudden, a huge chunk of the wall just falls onto her and she like collapses down with this piece of wall but something else fell out of that hole as well we just see a mass fall out yeah fall onto her i was like rewind what the fuck was that but i rewound so many times i was like what the fuck is that thing exactly (sighs) the next morning paula is waking up, she's heating up water, and she walks over and she sees that from the front door of the apartment to Elena's bedroom is a bunch of dusty footprints. Mm. So she goes over to the phone, she calls Otavio, and the next thing we see is that picture of that man again. Otavio walks into the room back from the Casa de Campo because I guess Paula's like, you gotta come in here, something's going on with your wife. Yeah. Elena wakes up, and on the bed... She's like, this was at the store, and it's a huge fucking desiccated claw. What the fuck, dude? At first, I was like, alien hand. It looked alieny to me because it was like goopy. Yes. And black. Yeah. And like long enough 
and it wasn't bone. There was, it seemed like skin on it too. Again, desiccated. And I was like, what the, f- what is it? Oy. We cut to these two motherfuckers, Elena and Otavio, breaking this, the hole down even more. And on the ground, we see a full desiccated torso. Again, I was like, alien? It, on the arms, you see again these claws, these hands that are, and it's just, it's like grayish blue, but there is fur. And you're just like, wait. Wait. And then Otavio pulls out a full, long ass leg, and that's got hella fur on it. And you're like, hold on. Wait, wait. And then he reaches above and pulls down a skull. And it is a long, elongated, bony, I'm going to say it, werewolf skull. It's a fucking werewolf. (laughs) It's a werewolf. It's a werewolf. Oh, my God. I was like, okay, so this movie, and as well as Maneras, is absolutely connected. Well, so, okay, before we get to this, because we're going to talk about this right now. All right. While they're doing all of this, the beginning of the scene, you hear two, three barks by the time that skull comes down there are like 13 dogs fucking freaking out outside barking growling howling Mm -hmm. and you're just like okay so first of all the claws and the chain that we saw earlier i was like this is again boas manetas let me tie up that sweet little bean yeah and there's claws all over the walls and whatever yeah there was something about the way that she that Elena is managing things and how she goes from zero to 500 sometimes and that, that, that trying to figure out how to hold authority and, and power and all that stuff mm-hmm. that I was like, it's almost like she's transforming yeah, into like a werewolf vibe. Totally. You know what yes. I mean? Absolutely. Yes. The work is transforming her. Yeah. So now we're in the middle of a woodsy area. It's in the middle of the night. A car drives up, and it's Otavio and Elena, and they're coming out of this car with huge black trash bags. And they walk into a clearing. She opens a bag of uh, sal grosso, which is just like coarse salt, and what I think is alcohol. And she pours this all over these bags with this dead werewolf in it. She sets it ablaze. And the both of them stand there as this fire grows and engulfs and fully like takes over this pile of werewolf bones. So now Otavio and Elena drive home. We see shots of Sao Paulo, of different neighborhoods, of traffic, of people walking to work. And now we see a new wall is up. It is fresh. Elena's landlord is there complaining. I was like, this is a shoddy job. Why would you break so much of this fucking uh, wall, whatever? And Elena calmly says, Tava podre. It was rotten. At the cash register, her kid is playing with the money, and Elena walks over and she says, Não brinca com isso. É sujo. Don't play with that. That's dirty. Dirty money. In a mall food court, Paula is now wearing a uniform and she's cleaning up the tables of this food court. And this is her new job. This is the job that she was interviewing for. As she's leaving, a man stops her and he looks very managerial. And he's like, hey, Paula, you almost forgot your cartera. Hey. It's your first trabalho registrado. And then he says, agora você existe. Now you exist. Wow. 
it's kind of sad because it's like without work, you're nothing. You don't exist. In a conference room, we see a bunch of backs of men in suits, and they're standing looking at another man in a suit who's wearing a Madonna mic, and behind him, the projector reads, Como sobreviver ao mercado de trabalho? How to survive the job market. The man with the Madonna mic, who has a horrible little ponytail, get a haircut, (laughs) he says... The job market is so competitive every day. There was research done that says that each available job spot has the an average of 100 candidates. And that's around how many people are in this room right now. It's a jungle out there. And then he plays a song and he says, how do we win in this jungle? We start to see the faces of these men. And the speaker continues by saying, the modern man has to reconnect with our roots, with his primitive side. We need to channel the animal side for our profession. And the song starts to like get a little bit more pumped up. And he tells the men, take off your blazers, loosen your ties, get rid of your cosmopolitan mask, get connected to your primitive side. Your monkey side. Seu lado macaco. Now, I want to hear your grito da selva, your jungle scream. And then three dudes are kind of like, ah. And the speaker is like, come on, guys. We got to get into it. This is, we're in the jungle now, baby. You're going to die. Now, all these men start to scream. Ha, ho, Hey, and this I am dude, so uncomfortable. It's so, un- it's so uncomfortable. And he's like, release your energy. More screams. One man rips his shirt Hulk Hogan style. Another man is like shaking his blazer in a weird way. There's another man like biting at his tie. And it's all craziness. Oh, my God. No. All around. All of a sudden, we see Otavio. And he's standing there. He looks. It's. It's despair in his face. And all of a sudden, he takes a deep breath and just this wail comes out of his body. And then he screams again and then again and then a blackout. Fing do feel me. Nice job. Wow. What a movie. Yeah, totally. Uh, Let's get into some trivia. Yes. All right, here we go. Let's talk about Gilda Nomachi. And if I'm mispronouncing her name, I apologize, Gilda. I will never forgive myself. You're the best. I'm pretty sure that's correct because double C in Italian is a ch sound. Great. Awesome. So check out Gilda's IMDb. It is plentiful. This woman works. And lest you forget, we have seen her two times before, once in As Boas Maneras and also in Skull. So, you know, she is... Out there. She's part of the Uikeror community, I will say. So I found her website. It is gildalnomachi.com. It says this, born in... Mierda. Ituverava. Itu... You ever heard of this place? No. Ituverava, São Paulo. Gilda graduated from the City Lit School of Art in London and studied dramatic arts, fancy pants, and studied dramatic arts in the United States and Russia. Whoa. She joined the Theater Research Center coordinated by Antunis Filho and has a solid career in theater where she founded Compañía da Mentira, 
Mentira? Mentira. Mentira. And was nominated for two Shell Awards. I don't know what those are, but good for you, girl. Gilda built a filmography of complex characters with a great scenic presence. She absolutely has a great scenic presence. Totally. With more than 40 short and feature films, Gilda can be seen in important films of modern Brazilian horror, in contemporary LGBT cinema classics, in comic and dramatic roles. Among the various awards and nominations are the award for Best Supporting Actress at the Brasilia Festival for her performance in Trabalho Cansa, this movie. Nice! Among other awards. You can find her on Instagram at... Nomachi. So look her up. She's fabulous. I love her so much. The best gal. Let's talk real quick about Naluana Lima, I believe is how you pronounce her name. She played Paula. She was apparently in As Boas Maneiras as Moradora da Rua. I can't place her. And I didn't take the time to go back and watch. But do you remember in the movie when she's going the down the stairs are... and they're singing? Yeah, and there's a singing woman? Yeah. That's her? I'm thinking. No, 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 no. I'm not 100% sure, but in my brain, I was like, that's is that That's the only her? moradora da rua that there that's, was. That's all I remember, too. So I'm thinking that might be her. But Amazing. anyway, so na, na Luana We're going to say it is. We're going <laughs> to say it is. I'll check it to make sure that it is. But she was also in As, in as Boas Maneiras. Amazing. So I also tried to find out more information about Elena Albejaria, who played Elena, and Marachi de Descartes, who played Otavio. Descartes. Descartes. <laughs> Descartes, would you think that's how, or how would this be said? Descartes? I think it might be the French, like Descartes. Oh, like, okay, sure. I think Well, Marachi, so. what a great name. So they both also have stacked fucking resumes on IMDb. Very impressive. You can find Marachi on Instagram. It is his name, Marachi underscore Descartes. Check him out. Let's talk about Marco Dutra, because I don't believe we talked about him in the Good Manners episode. I don't think think so. So he was born on March 17th, 1980, born and raised in Sao Paulo. He is a filmmaker, clearly, and a composer. And he grew up obsessed with the horror and fantasy genres. And this influence is evident in his films, which bring shadows and ghosts, both real and imagined, into the domestic spaces of middle class life. Mm, Totally. By the way, this is from IMDb. Okay, so basically, listen, this man from the top made, like, with Juliana and also on his own, made movies that, like, I think this feature went to Cannes which is a big fucking deal. Yeah. So he's just doing amazing work. It it says here at the end, he also directed on the HBO series The Hypnotist, which is no small feat. Nice. And he now lives between Sao Paulo and Johannesburg with his husband, filmmaker John Trengove, who, by the way, they are the cutest fucking couple. (laughs) They're both on Instagram. I love them so much. So nicely done, Mahku and John. You did it. You got married. You did it. And you're making movies and you're cute. I love it. Okay, so Juliana Rojas, Rojas, also from Wiki, she is a Brazilian filmmaker who was born in Campinas, São Paulo, June 23rd, 1981. She graduated in cinema in Escola de Comunicação e Artes da USP, which I believe is the University of São Paulo, I assume. Sounds correct. And that's where she met Marco Dutra, because I believe they were studying at the same time. This was the beginning of a long partnership between them. 
In 2004, while still in school, they co-directed a short film called Lenço Branco. What does that mean? White. White lace or white handkerchief. Ah, so this short film was part of a section of the Cannes Film Festival that is dedicated to university films called Cine Fondation. That nice. is probably not the right way to say it, but that's just what I'm saying. Like from the top, these two were like caught the eye of Cannes, yeah. Cannes Film Festival, which fancy pants. According to an interview with her, she said in their first year of college, uh, she became close friends with Mahku Dutra because they both shared interests such as scary movies, animation, and musicals, which made me think of us. Very yeah, cute. literally. And my last thing here, because I was so surprised and pleased to find out that this movie was another werewolf film, which I did not expect. Yeah. So this is from foreignpolicy.com. The article is called How Werewolves Colonized Brazil. It was written by Yuri Garcia. And it says here, the werewolf, though perhaps not as famous worldwide as his companions Dracula, the mummy, or Frankenstein's monster, features far more heavily in Brazilian pop culture than those other classic monsters, appearing everywhere from TV shows to soap, opera, to soap operas to films of varying genres. This is particularly remarkable given Brazil doesn't have wolves. Oh, which I didn't know. Interesting. Right? The closest animal Brazil has is the lobo guara, or maned wolf, which, though it carries the name lobo, is not actually a member of the wolf family. It is more similar to a fox. I'm going to look up what it looks like to see if it looks like that Oh, maybe like it's that, that fucking thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> is that it? I mean, it looks... Uh, this creepy-ass, long-legged creature. It looks like the thing in the thing. Why are your legs so long? Okay, so the article continues... So one reason why this entity has invaded Brazil's folklore is, of course, colonialism. Classic. Right? As the werewolf is very present in Portuguese folklore and was likely a colonial import. Wow, that is so mm -hmm. cool. The werewolf reminds us that humans, despite all of our civilized affectations, are still animals at our core. That our urban surroundings have a rural ancestry. That there is a beast within us. Which made me think of that top scene where Paula's looking for the apartment where in the back you hear like those jungle sounds and yeah, I was yeah, like oh yeah, yeah. this totally makes me think of that for sure anyway so this article I highly recommend checking it out at <laughs> fucking foreignpolicy.com because it's rather <laughs> lengthy but it just explores this whole idea of why the werewolf is so prevalent in Brazilian culture and it also talks in depth about Juliana Rojas's and Marco Dutra's movie Good Manners no way like, that's what it, it like it shows pictures of it and everything and it ties it in so highly recommend checking out this article and that is my trivia for today fun so i'm just gonna quickly go down some wikipedia jams let's do it you were saying about Khan, uh and we saw at the top that they received un certain regard Ooh. which is is um, a section of the Cannes Film Festival official selection. It is run at the Salle de Boussy, parallel to the competition for the Palme d'Or, wow. which is the big guy. Mm -hmm. This section was introduced in 1978 by Gilles Jacob. The name means a certain glance. Hmm. And the section presents 20 films with unusual styles and non-traditional stories seeking international recognition. Um, very quickly, because I don't think we've talked about this 
in our Brazilian movies before. Uh-huh. Uh, I wanted to talk about what a escola de samba is. Oh my God, please. An escola de samba, a samba school, is a dancing, this is from Wikipedia, is a dancing, marching, and drumming club. Also in Portuguese, it's called um samba enredo. They practice and often perform in a huge square compounds called quadras de samba and are devoted to practicing and exhibiting samba, an African-Brazilian dance and drumming style. Although the word school is in the name, samba schools do not offer instruction. (laughs) Samba schools have a strong community basis and are traditionally associated with a particular neighborhood. They are often seen to affirm the cultural validity of the Afro-Brazilian heritage in contrast to the mainstream education and have evolved often in contrast to authoritarian development. The phrase Escola de Samba is popularly held to derive from the schoolyard location of the first group's early rehearsals. So they would practice in like schoolyards and stuff. So that's why it was Escola de Samba. Wow. In Rio de Janeiro especially, they are mostly associated with poor neighborhoods, the favelas. Samba and the Samba school can be deeply interwoven with the daily lives of the favela dwellers Mm -hmm. throughout the year the samba schools have various happenings and events most important of which are rehearsals for the main event which is the yearly carnaval parade each of the main schools spend many 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 months of each year designing a theme holding a competition for their song which is what i was saying earlier Mm -hmm. building Mm -hmm. the floats and rehearsing the floats are Uh. crazy (gasps) oh my God, They're people. Oh, my God. insane. It's do yourself a solid and just Google Carnaval, Carnaval Parade float. Rio or something and just watch it go by. It is They bonkers. are works of art. Yeah. It's overseen by a Carnavalesco or a carnival director. From 2005, some 14 of the top samba schools in Rio have used a specially designed warehouse complex the size of 10 football pitches which <gasps> i think it means oh, like s- soccer. soccer sure still huge yeah huge called samba city or cidade do samba to build and house the elaborate floats because that's how big these fucking things are yeah. they're crazy each school's parade may consist of about 3,000 performers or more. Wow. And the preparations, especially producing the many different costumes, provide work for thousands of the poorest in Brazilian society. The resulting competition is a major economic and media event with tens of thousands in the live audience and screened live to millions across South America. It is unbelievable when you watch. We've been Oh my god, it's it's incredible. <laughs> Carnival is crazy out there. Sometimes I still can't it, so even if... I can't even believe that my parents took us as kids. My dad, my brother, and I believe and my sister have all danced as part of a samba school in Carnival. It's just incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. It's incredible. And that's the end of my trivia. Love it. You want to answer some questions for me? Absolutely. All right. Eileen, were you scared? Not really. I was mostly unnerved and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. What about you? Yes, I was scared. This movie snuck up on me. I was not expecting Mm, it. It creeped me out. (laughs) What was your best scare? 
the butch the butcher flaps flapping by behind her. I was like, no, 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 no. Totally. I gave it also to that, but I gave it to like the whole sequence where she goes back for the, and the, the Santa milk. Claus and all that shit. The, the the Santa Claus, all that shit. The moment she walked in, I was like, oh, this is not no. good. This is not good in yeah. here. So that's going to take it. Who Gilda. was your favorite character? Gilda. <laughs> Gilda 100%. I'm also going to give a teeny tiny little shout out to Paula because I really enjoyed Yeah, Paola. she was really Found good. She was very um subtle. Yes, Loved that about her, and I appreciated her storyline. It felt yeah, vital yeah. in there, her storyline. What was your best line? It was really mean and really shitty, mm-hmm. but it also made me think so much about Brazil, and it was her when she said, Você tá com medo que sua filha pense que você é uma bosta. I was like, ooh, that is Boom. fucked. Uh, That's but the word nice. "bosta" to me is such a—it's me in middle school is all I could say was "bosta." What does it mean? Like oh my god, a waste? Shit. Ah, shit. Wow. Yeah. Okay. What about you? There's a moment where Elena is putting a sticker onto like the butcher glass case where you would see the meat, uh-huh. and the sticker says "Servimos bem para servir sempre," which means—correct me if I'm wrong—but we serve well to always serve. Mm-hmm. And that just felt like, you know, we're always looking for it, the thesis statement of this movie. I'm just here to serve you. I'm just here to work, work, work. Who cares about yeah. how I'm feeling? Who cares about my mental health? Who cares about the fact that my hip hurts? I need to work. I will serve you. And I was like, oh, yeah. damn, that's fucked up. What was your best death? <laughs> <laughs> I guess the werewolf at the end getting burnt. I mean, sure. I just wrote there was... no, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> there sure. There was no I mean, death, really. The werewolf was dead already, so we'll give it to yeah. the burning werewolf. To the at werewolf, the end. sure. Did you learn anything about the culture? I mean, I learned a lot about like job market, workplace relationships. Like, I know ne- I don't think I've ever watched a movie where it made me sit down and like really pay attention to that dynamic between people and how it how it bleeds into your everyday lives and relationships i don't know if that's particularly i think it could be interpreted like a worldwide thing but i th- i found it really interesting to see the brazilian aspect of the workplace you know what i mean it felt specific to brazil to me me too Itu? i same as you i learned about like the brazilian work at least atmosphere at this point in time. But I also, there was something about seeing the store and seeing like all the different brands and everything. And like the, just, it wasn't so much that I learned about it, but that I was reminded. It gave me a good Mm -hmm. Brazilian feeling, reminded me of when I lived there for, for so many years as a kid. Yeah. And unfortunately in that hideous scene at the fucking, the school play, I learned about that announcement that the kid made about the the slaves being freed in 1888 because I did not know that. So, yes, I learned something about the culture in this movie. And finally, how many ooys are you going to give this movie? I'm going to give it two. I Mm. enjoyed myself. I thought it was good. If I were to have just watched this without having read stuff, done, you know, research with everything, I wouldn't have understood this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's a little over my smart line. Sure. Which, you know, that's not 
their fault. It's my fault. Same here. Yeah. I often don't do well with metaphor. Again, I've said this several times. You need to slap me across the face with your metaphor. It needs to be pretty. You need to fucking hit me with it. Sure. But that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy the performances. I didn't feel the creep value of it. I Would I have wanted more spooky stuff? Sure. Would I have want, wanted more... Um, werewolf things mm-hmm. yeah i would sure. have loved a little bit more werewolf stuff okay blend in the werewolf and the metaphor of the like job market in brazil a little bit more for me and that would have but other than that i i enjoyed myself i thought they these people pff, fucking nailed yeah i gave this movie a three and a half I really, really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was well shot, well directed, very well acted. I loved, I actually really loved like the subtleness of the werewolf thing thrown in at the end. I was very surprised by that, I will say. Mm -hmm. And it was creepy enough that I was like, this doesn't really feel like a horror film to me. It feels more like a family drama, a la Hereditary. But then there are these really kind of unsettling, creepy, scary elements that kind of just keep building and building and building. And it's also like kind of funny at times. I don't know. It just really, really worked for me. And I thought they did great. I'm still, honestly, you talking through the movie like cleared up a lot of things. It brought more things to light that made Mm -hmm. me just like the movie more and the performances Mm -hmm. more. So... Three and a half. I thought this movie was just great. And I am so excited to see what these two directors do on their own. But also together, these two are, I mean, a dynamic duo. Keep it up, you two, because you're fucking nailing it. You're nailing it. You're killing it. it. The talent. Oh, my God. Fantastic. Well, let's fucking uh, get out of this grocery store. Horrible. <laughs> Let's get out of our grocery store that has a humongous hole in it right now. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for being with us. Happy New Year. I hope you guys are having a lovely time and if you break your resolution, that's okay. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, <laughs> you could do it on Spotify now. Make sure to oh, yes, subscribe. Please rate and review over there as well wherever you are subscribe rate and review follow us on our social media on our redes sociales at wikiorror on instagram and twitter and uh, you can send us an email at wikiorror at gmail.com thank you to sonoro for being the best you can follow them at sonoro podcast on twitter and instagram as well and if if your wall all of a sudden has a humongous stain on it it's either black mold or of the corpse of a werewolf <laughs> hanging out in the back <laughs> honestly dig it out present that body do to you think okay uh-huh. so who do you think that werewolf is then that man in the picture that's him you think so absolutely that's that man in the picture that's a werewolf what man. how a werewolf. dare they how dare the people that rented that place beforehand be like well, I guess I'll just dig a hole and stick my brother's fucking... Because it was a brother's that owned it. Why, I think that's... Why would you put him into the wall? Why would you bury that shit in the... Who knows? You fucked it up, though, y'all. Y'all, listen. That's not the way to take care of a werewolf. <laughs> that's not how you do it. Go watch <laughs> Boas Manetas, and they, that's how you take Clara care of a werewolf. Clara will tell you how to take care of a werewolf, because she knows Correct. how to do it. 
Exactly. <laughs> um, Johnny, if you were a werewolf, I'd still fucking love you. Just chain me up when the full moon comes out. Just chain me up. I'd be fine. Chain you, up. you know, get I'll me some fucking raw, <laughs> some raw meat. Chain you up. <laughs> Hey, Uh, I fucking love you, dude. I fucking love you, too. And uh, let's see each other in la próxima semana, guys. Adios. (laughs) Ciao. (laughs)